This episode of the Bamboo Pastors Podcast has been brought to you by the Growth Center for Church and Mission. The Growth Center has established the Entrepreneurial Ministry Leader, a ministry ecosystem which brings together pastors, ministry leaders, and marketplace leaders who are finding creative ways to utilize their faith and their talents to bring the gospel to the cities and communities they live in. Check them out at thegrowthcenter.com. Welcome to the Bamboo Pastors Podcast, a podcast that explores the joys and challenges of being an English-speaking pastor in a Chinese church. I'm Jalen Chan, and I'm here with my co-host, John Mon. Hey, everyone. Together, we host the Bamboo Pastors Podcast. We're glad that you're here with us. Come on in and have a seat at the table. All right. Welcome back to the podcast. You know, I'm here with my co-host, Jalen. Jalen, it's great to see you. I always look forward to hanging out together on Thursdays. What are you? What have you been up to? How's your week been going? Yeah, John, last week I was sharing about uh, our second son who was doing a food challenge. He has multiple allergies. And so we had him uh, go into uh, the, the clinic to do a food challenge. And so my wife baked some muffins for him. He was doing a baked egg challenge. So he's, so I guess if you're allergic to eggs, you can be allergic to it, there's a different allergy to baked eggs than just straight up eggs. And so we did the, we did the test for the baked eggs. And so, you know, we're there for four hours and I went with him since Jenny was, um, uh, was, was working. And so uh, we were there for four hours and he did great. I mean, there was no reaction whatsoever. And so we're really mm. grateful or thankful for people who've prayed for us. And yeah. uh, that's something for, you know, for him, because he has so many allergies, this kind of opens the door for just a handful of more things that he can eat. Mm-hmm. And we're just really grateful for that. And so that was kind of, that was a, that was a really exciting praise for the week. Also, we restarted church lunch for our English congregation on Sundays. <laughs> right. And that was really, that was special because typically we, we allow the, the CM, the Chinese ministry to order lunch and to take care of lunch. And this time you know, we ended up doing it ourselves because we just had the English ministry at the church building for, for lunch. And uh, I'll, I'll, I don't know how I want to put it. Um, it was, it was good food. So <laughs> uh, we enjoyed ourselves. It was a great time of fellowship and it was, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was really, it was really exciting to be back. Uh, doing that and fellowshipping and eating together. And uh, we had families stay at their own tables, but, you know, the tables were close enough to be able to, mm-hmm. to talk and, um, and connect. So it was really great, but yeah. How are you doing? Good to see you as always. Yeah, I'm doing well. You know, it's funny you mentioned that you guys did church lunch. We are actually trying something new at our church too, where after our English service, which usually ends around 1215 between 1215 and 1230, um, we're going to try doing like a congregational lunch uh, for the first time, as long as I can remember, because um, I don't think we really did this before the pandemic started. And so, um, yeah, that's something exciting. I think people are looking forward to being able to gather. We're going to eat on our patio um, and things like that. So maybe, maybe, Jalen, this is this is when we bring the uh, we start doing the the segment where we review church lunches every now and then we don't have to do it every week, maybe once in a while. That's right. But, That's right. Yeah. But all great news about Jaden. Um, just really, uh, yeah, really glad for how he's able to, you know, expand the things that he can eat. I was curious, like, what's one of the things now that he's able to enjoy or, you know, 
that's on that list that he can eat. Yeah. So before, uh, so for example, like he can't have regular donuts because he's allergic mm-hmm. to wheat and he's allergic to uh, baked eggs. Right. So now he can actually have gluten-free donuts Oh, okay. before they had to be gluten-free and vegan because, wow. you know, most donuts have, have the baked egg in it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's a big deal. And, you know, for, for Jenny, you know, obviously she, she bakes a ton and mm-hmm. the egg just adds a consistency to a baked good that, um, that is just really, that, that's good. That, that makes it, uh, makes it better. So, yeah, yeah we're excited. Oh, fantastic. I'm glad, yeah. really glad for him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, otherwise for me, I've just, um, spent most of my week sermon prepping because I am preaching on this Sunday. And so I, you know, I think I've mentioned this before, but my preaching, the frequency that I've been preaching on Sundays has really ramped up since I've gotten here. Um, back when I was doing youth ministry, I think because I preached regularly on Saturday nights at youth group, it just was my opportunities to preach on Sunday were, uh, they were there, but I usually um, declined them because I was so busy with youth group. But now uh, this is something I think I've been enjoying more of, you know, something that I'm growing in. And so that's been, that's been good. And then speaking of the youth ministry, just, just like you gave an update about your son from our last episode, um, our youth group was on retreat last week and they did make it back to um, San Jose without any incident um, on the way back. I think they were worried because it did snow that they were the day they were supposed to come back, but um, they were able to make it out of the mountains before I think it really got bad. And so they made it home and I, it, it looks like most, uh, most everyone that went on that retreat is recovered. No COVID incidents. So very thankful for that. Yeah. But yeah. it's been a good week. That's great to hear. I feel like a lot of times when I hear stories about your, your ministry <laughs> work with youth group and retreats, there's always, there's always an event that happens or something, uh, something goes down where you're ending, you're ending up in the hospital or something. Yeah. And I see, I didn't go on this retreat, which is why they probably didn't have any incidents. <laughs> there you go. Well, John, I'm excited for our podcast today. Uh, today we have Raj Christodas on, who is the senior associate pastor of English ministries at Cornerstone Chinese church in Villa park here in Illinois. Uh, and I've known, we've known Raj for a little bit now. Uh, he's been at Cornerstone Chinese Church, which used to be called Chinese Bible Church of Oak Park. Uh, and they've changed their names. They've moved locations. Uh, but, but Raj has been there for almost 20 years. And, uh, you know, for us being here in the Chicagoland area, uh, you know, I've, I've gotten a chance to, to know Raj, but also just from, from a distance, admire their ministry and uh, excited about what he's been doing and what their church has been doing. And so Raj, glad to have you here. Thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Raj, it's good to hang out with you. And we we always like to start off our podcast with a a new, especially with new guests, um, just hearing a little bit about your story, a little bit about your journey. So can you share with us, you know, how did God call you into ministry? What are the stops you've had along the way? So I'll try to give the condensed version. And even the condensed version, I'm sorry, is a little bit long. But my ministry calling really began as a teenager on a short-term mission trip to London, England. This was in the late 1980s. And I was invited by one of our leaders who was going to London to do some research on the ethnic churches in the boroughs of North and West London. And for the first time, I really saw ethnic communities 
in real need, real poverty, uh, real violence on the streets. And this is comprising of South Asian populations, Caribbean populations and African populations around London. But at the same time, I felt at home in these churches, even though most of them were not uh, Indian. I, I really enjoyed that experience of being there. And the first time I felt like I was a part of a bigger kingdom than I could have ever envisioned. And I felt at home in all of these churches. And when I came home, I, I missed that. I missed the diversity. And at that time, I was going to a small Indian church in Chicago. And so I made it a point to say, somewhere down the line, I want to serve in that kind of diverse church across ethnic uh, generations, across uh, ethnic divides. So fast forward to my graduation from seminary. Both my wife and I decided we would be open to ministering in India. So when we graduated from Trinity, we left the US and had a plan to travel across India for six months. And we had an amazing trip to India where we pretty much connected with all the major ministries, looking at where we could serve full time. Unfortunately, we came back disillusioned after six months because people really didn't see us as Indian. <laughs> they saw us mostly as Americanized Indians in their perception. Mm -hmm. And so we came back to the U.S. and waited on the Lord. And I went back to the churches that I served in while I was in seminary. So while I was in seminary, I was a youth pastor at North Shore Church in Deerfield. And then I did my internship at uh, Church of Christ Presbyterian, a Japanese-American church. And then I also worked with Robert Gady, a Korean-American church planter in the northern suburbs. And many of these pastors and leaders encouraged me to continue to seek the Lord in full-time ministry in an Asian context. But at the same time, I decided to go back into IT and banking, and my wife decided to go back to being a counselor. And then after a couple of years, after we had our first child, we got a call from a Taiwanese church in New Jersey who wanted us to start a full-time English ministry. Now, mind you, we were living in Oak Park at the time when we left, and we knew that the Chinese Bible Church of Oak Park position was open, but we didn't feel called to it at the time. Five years later, we moved back to Chicago, and that position was still open. Hmm. And that was God's way of saying, you're ready for this. <laughs> and so last month, I started my 20th year in the same ministry. It's no longer called Chinese Bible Church of Oak Park, but it's called Cornerstone Chinese Church. And it's been a blessing to be in a Chinese church for 20 years. And God's done some amazing things in my life as well as my family's life. And he's used us in remarkable ways that I could have never imagined, uh, especially in a cross-cultural context like the Chinese heritage churches. And I praise God for that. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love that, that just the diversity and the different opportunities that you've had to see the kingdom from different perspectives and in, in, in different, different countries, even, you know, globally. And I feel like we could probably go off into a lot of different 
kind of conversations or discussions or questions about that, but just honing in on the Chinese Heritage Church, you know, as you mentioned, you're an Indian American English pastor serving in a Chinese Heritage Church. Um, what are some positives or advantages for you being non-Chinese? Yeah. First of all, I like to educate people that Indians and Chinese are not that different. <laughs> you know, if you were to go to a Costco on a Saturday morning here in Naperville, you'll find that 50 to 60% of the people in the store are either Indian or they're Chinese. <laughs> when we uh, take our kids to the Kumon schools, 80% of the kids in the Kumon learning English and math are Chinese and Indian. Why? Because our priorities, our values are not that different. Yes, our language is different. Our food is somewhat different depending on where you're from. But for the most part, we have more in common than what we have different. Um, and I think to that, I would say that oftentimes we allow the geopolitical situation to, to say that we're different, you know, because of all the, the conflict between India and China. But you look at uh, places like Hong Kong or Taiwan, you know, people love Indian food and Indian people love Chinese food. Uh, you know, I remember as a kid, um, I, I immigrated to the States when I was about 10 years of age. And whenever we had a birthday party in India, we would always go to a Chinese restaurant. Why? Because Indian people love Chinese food. And I would say the same thing for Chinese people here in the US, they love Indian restaurants to a certain degree. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that we have in common, but most importantly, our values are pretty much the same and our priorities for our families are pretty much the same. And so it's not that difficult working together when you are able to get past that language barrier. And fortunately, I work in a church where there are five generations of Chinese Americans that are represented in our church because our church is, what, 114 years old. So you got people that, you know, just speak Chinese. And there's uh, three generations who are fluent in English but don't speak any Chinese. So you have a very cross section of different generations and different uh, language groups. And so it makes it a little easier for me to cross those boundaries when I get to them. But besides language, I don't really see much obstacles. Um, but I have to say, you know, when I first joined this church, um, I had a hard time because I did not understand the culture of the church and especially the English congregation. And it's the Chinese pastor, the late Pastor Timothy Fung, who took me under his wings and showed me how to traver traverse those boundaries, how to cross those boundaries and not be intimidated by my predecessors and the expectations. So, you know, all in all, I'm blessed, especially for, by the people that have uh, come before me and especially the Chinese pastors that have taken me under my wings, especially early on in my uh, pastoral career. Yeah, you know, I, I love hearing about that. Um, and especially as you were sharing, like how, because, um, you know, despite the fact being having a different cultural background, though, there are a lot of similarities. Um, I think probably that difference has allowed you to connect across many generations, like you said, which, 
and again, having five generations represented in one church, that's, that's an amazing thing. Um, a, a beautiful picture of what the church is supposed to be, you know, um, absolutely. There's a place I think for, um, the ethnic church, but within the ethnic church, there's so much diversity within different generations, right? People coming from um, different places, growing up in different areas, speaking different languages. And, and so that's another way that we see, you, you know, unity and uh, the, the kingdom of God being celebrated in, in one particular local expression of the church. Um, but one of the things that Jalen and I always talk about, uh, or we frequently talk about on this podcast is, you know, um, that the, the Chinese Heritage Church is really just a, a piece of the puzzle, right, when it comes to the kingdom of God, where um, we want to see a, a kingdom that uh, has many different um, people, nations, languages uh, represented. And, and I think we firmly believe that, that the Chinese Heritage Church has a place um, in, in that kingdom because we have something that we are bringing to the table, something that we offer um, that's probably different or, or that is different from, you know, all the different expressions of uh, the family of God that are out there. And, but I think something that we've realized over time as we've talked about this is that a lot of times it's difficult for us to see what, what that is that we bring to the table. Because especially maybe in the United States, the, the Chinese Heritage Church or Asian Americans in general, I think, I feel like we adapt really well. And sometimes that feels like we um, don't have something that's unique to who we are. Uh, at least that's the feeling. And so I think the question, I guess that's a long way of getting to my question, which is, you know, as someone who isn't uh, ethnically Chinese in all of your time serving in this church, what are some of the things that you see that the Chinese Heritage Church really brings um, to the kingdom that that is kind of our way of blessing the people of God? I love the way Chinese people celebrate culture. They just don't discount their culture. Oftentimes growing up uh, in an Indian church context, we did not affirm our culture. We were more shameful of our culture. But in the Chinese church, you are called to celebrate your culture and celebrate your identity. And that's best seen, especially through the family events and the family celebrations and festivals like the Chinese New Year or the Fall Festival or the Moon Festival. You know, it's a great time to affirm who you are and to celebrate who you are and don't lose that identity. And I think to a certain degree, we have lost that identity in many of the ethnic churches. And I love that aspect of the Chinese culture is that we have held on to our culture. Now, I realize not all of it is positive, but much of it is good. And I think it's something that the next generation needs. They need to be affirmed of their identity. They need to know who they are, where they came from, their history, and uh, really the depth and the diversity of who they are. They're not just Chinese. I mean, there's a depth to that Chinese that goes beyond just calling yourself a, a Chinese person that to understand the roots. And out of that, you get a foundation of who you are as a person, which, which in many ways I, I think I've lost because um, that was not affirmed in the church I, I grew up in. That's a good. That's a good perspective. I was wondering maybe the opposite. Uh, what are what are particular cultural blind spots that 
Chinese heritage churches should be aware of? Well, yeah, this is a very interesting question because in my experience, I've lived my whole life as a cultural minority. You know, in high school, I went to an all boys Catholic high school where the majority were Italian or Irish. And then even when I became a believer, I went to a Christian college, I went to seminary, I always felt like I was a minority. And so I've developed an unconscious habit of checking my blind spots, of trying to figure out what the majority's cultural perspective is so I don't make a mistake. And I see that same pattern in my congregation, especially with the younger generation. And uh, I try to teach them that it's okay to have some of these blind spots. For example, the blind spots of conflict avoidance <laughs> that uh, the, the, the younger generations have learned from the first generation. If there's one thing that I've learned, especially outside the church coming from corporate America is having those tough conversations, those difficult conversations. And, and it is a skill. It doesn't come naturally, especially for the younger generation, because it's really not been modeled by the first generation. And even today, you know, it, it's a tough going for our uh, young boys and young men to figure out how do, how do I keep that focus of not avoiding conflict? And how do I address the issue before it becomes bigger? And it's something that's learned and it's learned over time with experience. Yeah, you know, I was just gonna say that that, that is certainly something that that is, is, is probably evident in a lot of Chinese churches. And when there are issues that arise, we're quick to sweep it under the rug. And because we tend to have multiple congregations, an English congregation and a Mandarin congregation or a Cantonese congregation, we, we don't wanna rock the boat. We don't want to disturb the waters because we feel like even if it's a if it's a if it's a minor thing, we definitely don't want to talk about it. If it's a big thing, we want to try and get away as much as possible with preventing or avoiding that conflict. And I think you're right it, that that is a skill for us um, to 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 learn and to grow in. Uh, and, and not just to cause trouble, right? Not just to, to rattle the cages, but, but really this is what builds unity. That, that's what builds the strength of the church is when we're able to reconcile well together, when we're, when we're able to practice the one another's of scripture, right? Bearing with one another, forgiving one, with, forgiving one another, when we've wronged each other, to be patient with, with one another and listen to one another. And I think that's so, that's so true. It's so helpful for us to be reminded that yes, Conflict, while it might not feel comfortable, is helpful in building the body of Christ and, and especially cross-congregationally. So I appreciate that word, Raj. Thanks. If I could add on to that, you know, whenever I have a conversation about how to check your uh, cultural blind spot, I usually ask people to do three things. I ask them to check in the mirror. What does it look like in reverse? Number two, Turn your head and look, meaning change your cultural perspective for a second. Don't always look through the same lenses of your culture. Look at it from a different perspective. 
And thirdly, I always ask someone who's in a better position to see because they have a different perspective than me. And uh, I always ask myself, why am I shameful or why am I embarrassed to look at things differently or look at it from a different point of view? And sometimes I realize because it's more safe and secure to do it the way that I feel is comfortable. And we have to get out of that mindset of wanting to do things safely and securely that best meets our comfort level. And it, and it is taking a risk. It is getting out of your comfort zone for sure. That's the end of our episode. Thanks for joining us today on the Bamboo Pastors podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the pod on whatever platform you listen to us on. Rate and review us and check in every week as we explore the joys and challenges of ministry in the Chinese church. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Bamboo Pastors. See you next time.